welcome to another episode of Downton Gabby, in which we are discussing the action-packed two-hour penultimate episode of season three. Lots to talk about. I am Brandy Sperry in Los Angeles. I'm Shannon Bowen in Oakland. And I'm Teresa Schechter in Brooklyn. So where did this season go? Like, I, it's already over, yeah? Yeah. I don't understand. Why does PBS smash everything into these double shows? Why not let it go longer? What's I don't know. Deal? And this was particularly odd to me because these two episodes, when they're one hour, have a very different tone. Mm-hmm. So right. for all of a sudden, you know, in the middle of it, it cuts to the cricket scene after everything's been so dramatic. And I'm just like, really? Oh, I feel, I, I mean, that scene is ridiculous. I mean, I laughed so hard of them running around in the slow motion man hugs, like, it's all going to be okay. It was like, what happened here? This is really, but I mean, even just in the middle of the episode, when you're like, you're coming down off of all this drama, you're like, what's going to happen to Thomas? And then it's Mosley and his dad, like. Oh my god, when am I gonna get the spin-off sitcom <laughs> Oh Mosley? He was amazing when he's practicing the cricket moves in the kitchen. I just loved it. Mosley I know. is amazing. I, I tweeted that he was the Michael Scott of Downton trying to like pretend. <laughs> I loved that. I thought that was so spot on. That was so spot on. <laughs> he is such a buffoon and I love it. But you know, if you think about the episode separately as one hours, I mean the first the first hour is really stressful with Thomas. I mean, I, you know, you feel so awful for him that he's going through this and then it's solved immediately instead of having a week to sit with that stress and that suspense and wondering how is he going to get through this? Yeah, I think it was a mistake to edit them together. Well, it was a mistake with the first and second episodes too, where you're in the middle of the episode and Mary and Matthew are getting married and then smash cut to them coming back from the honeymoon. Right. Yeah, there's no time to like imagine it over the course of the week. Like this, this that's one of the good things about episodic television is that downtime that you have to sit with what happened before the next chapter comes. When you take that right. away from us, I think it really messes with the situation. It's it's kind of the same as how it's a completely different feeling when you like marathon some TV on DVD versus watching it week by week. And right. as much as I love a good marathon, I think Downton Abbey by nature of its soapiness needs those week-long breaks to sort of digest it well and these are some really big things that happen I mean you know we were talking about at the beginning of when Jimmy showed up that we really forgot that Thomas was gay because it's just hasn't been in the storyline for about a season and a half to bring it back into such a tragic way and bringing up some really really interesting issues just like um the scene with Sybil giving the episode where Sybil gave birth had these really great discussions about re- reproductive health. I thought this was a really interesting discussion about views on homosexuality in the 1920s. Yeah, and I wonder if we aren't getting some anachronisms there. I mean, I'm sure that people have had varied opinions throughout time, but I was a little surprised. You know, the best best line of the two hours or whatever, I think Teresa wrote it out in our agenda here. You know, if I'd if I'd shouted blue murder every time someone tried to kiss me at Eaton, I'd be hoarse in a month from Lord <laughs> <Yeah>. Grantham, <laughs> you know? And even 
even Carson in all his disgust admits that, you know, I know you didn't choose to be the way you are, which is like, oh, oh my God, like I still see Republicans on Twitter insisting to today that like people right. can just switch. So why should we give them quote unquote special rights? You know, like I was just a little taken aback, but I don't, I, I'm not an expert on historical preferences or views so i don't know well i looked it up online and of course you uh, did. <laughs> i did a really thorough uh search and read the very first thing that popped up at the top of google when oh, i searched good. attitudes towards homosexuality in 1920s uk and the uh first article i read well the only article i read um <laughs> said that it wasn't uh, uncommon especially among rich people even though it was not too long after oscar wilde had been sent to jail for two years mm. that, that upper upper class people would this stuff was going on all the time and especially at private schools like eaton I right suppose. right uh, in the Navy, in prison, we don't know. Maybe Bates got some man-on-man -man action that just was <laughs> cut out of the show. He, he did look pretty perky Man when he came back. Well, he wasn't Perth. walking with a limp, so I don't know. <laughs> it was just his pent-up sexual frustration that was making him limp. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. Actually, I liked what Lord Grantham said. I mean, his comment seemed to me a little bit more of the era I guess, than Carson and like, well, Mrs. Hughes. Mrs. Hughes, yes. Yeah, I More, liked her response that she was just like, "Well, whatever, come on." It it falls into the sort of it's fine as long as we don't talk about it kind of vibe that a right. lot of issues have. I think that's that's what that's what it kind of sounds like. But yeah, the the uh, you can't help it. You were born this way, Lady Gaga. Right thing mm -hmm. that Carson was doing that felt not of that time. I have to say when Carson first confronts him in his office and, you know, calls him revolting and it was really difficult for me to watch that. It was really upsetting. And even though, you know, Thomas can be really annoying and, you know, we still care about him as a character and it, I, and we don't really see a lot of characters really insult other characters on the show. And so it felt very harsh to me as a viewer. Can we can we just back up for a second cuz we haven't actually talked about the act itself. Oh jeez. I mean, it was creepy. It was creepy. It was creepy for him to sneak into his room and like kiss him while he's sleeping. That's like ew. It was really creepy. No. I mean, he would be out of there if he had done that to a female maid, you right. know, like Exactly. Uh, but I kind of, like, I really respect the storyline. And, I mean, the scenes that made me so uncomfortable, like the Carson confrontation, like the actual scene in the bedroom, I'm glad that they took it to that level if they were going to go this way. Right. You know, we've been saying all season, like, what's going to happen with Jimmy, whatever. This is, like, worst case scenario of all of our speculation. And I'm glad that they didn't underplay it, you know. And the guy who plays Thomas, Rob James Collier, is just phenomenal. I mean, yeah. I can't believe that he would he, I'm saying this, I'm saying I can't believe you would listen to O'Brien, but he makes you understand how hard it's been for Thomas and how much of a mask he's had on and how lonely he is and that like any drop of hope was enough to send him over this teetering edge we didn't even realize he was on. You know, that scene that he has with Jimmy and that really heartfelt conversation combined with his reaction to Sybil's death 
really showed how isolated he's been. And I think you're right, Brandy. I don't think I ever stopped and really thought about it because he's always just kind of this pawn in a story or he's in the background saying something snarky, but it's like, this man really only had one friend who's a total bitch and just turned on him. You know, he has no one. Except, did anyone catch that comment about Anna saying that a gardener thought that Thomas was really fit? <laughs> it was one of the Crawley women saying something about the cricket match and saying, well, Anna said that the gardener thought Thomas was very fit or something like that. And I've, I, well, I had to watch the show three times to actually catch that line. But yeah, so I would Thomas... love it, you know, since it seems like Thomas is going to stay around as under Butler, whatever that is. Um, I would love it if we actually got to see some kind of clandestine romance in season four. That oh, would be, that'd be great. I was praying for it all this season. I think every single storyline this season, if you imagined all the many ways each storyline could go, they all resolve in the absolute most boring way. I'm right. a little disappointed. I really wanted a love affair with Jimmy. I mean, maybe yeah. well, it's not it's not over, though. I mean, we've had this theory that we think Jimmy really is gay, but is really struggling with it. And is, you know, lashing out to kind of cover that. But maybe, you know, Thomas is staying. Maybe, you know, they'll build that friendship again. And maybe it'll happen slower in a more romantic, less creepy way. I did think it was kind of sad that probably he would have lost his job if he wasn't good at cricket. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we really love Thomas, but we really love him on the cricket team. So we got to keep him on the team. Yeah, and then we can't fire him after the cricket game because that would be cruel. Well, let's talk about what, what actually saved him even more than that is O'Brien has to back off because of Bates' meddling, which is another thing that struck me as a little odd. Like, Bates doesn't like Thomas. And it's kind of, there's like a throwaway line from Anna about like how he's being too noble or something like that. Well, he did say that he knows what it's like to be wrongly accused and, you know, having no power in a situation, which is how but prison I mean, changed him. I guess. But the thing here is that, like, however unjust the system might be, Thomas did assault Jimmy in his sleep. So <laughs> well, that's he's true. not really being unjustly accused of improper conduct, because I just think that's improper no matter what, to go into someone's bedroom while they're sleeping. But... I mean, I'm still glad that Thomas is sticking around. And I, I really, you know, as boring as it was to watch Bates and Anna paint their cottage. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> it was nice Action when O'Brien came in. Oh, are they going to put are they going to put those curtains up? Oh, my gosh. Woo. <laughs> but the, the thing with the thing with O'Brien, though, was fantastic. I got to say, bringing up that plot point from season one was great. Oh, I loved it. Great. With the soap. I love the soap. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. I don't know what they should do more of more of that kind of stuff. That was fantastic. Like you haven't thought about that in forever. And all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, he's going to get her with the soap. Right. It was great. Cause then you just realize O'Brien has probably been thinking about this every day of her life for the last, what's it been now? Six, seven years. That was a great moment. And I'm, I'm spacing on her name. Siobhan something, the actress who played O'Brien. Siobhan Finneran. The look on her face in that scene when Bates whispered into her ear and then later when she was talking to Jimmy, 
oh, I, sheer terror. I mean, it was so great to see everything blow up in her face with just a whispered word. Bates obviously hates O'Brien more than anything. And now he has this ammunition. He doesn't really know what it is, but he's very curious. So I will be interested to see if he tries to figure out what this means next season. Because I think this series, you know, the ending of this series will be O'Brien going down in flames. It has to. She's been the villain from the beginning. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about Edith. Edith. Oh, Edith. Although, guys, I have to say, it's just a cheap ripoff of Jane Eyre. Like, why would they do that? They can't think of something else besides a crazy wife in an attic? Come on. I know. Well, let's talk about the good stuff first, which is... Okay, okay. She gets a job as a journalist, and she's writing columns about the war wounded and completely living a life apart from all the stupid, boring Downton stuff. So amazing. The flirting at lunch. But this is what we wanted, the London adventure. She's like wearing this great orange dress with this necklace that I really want to steal from her. And she's making fun of herself about how she got left at the altar. I mean, And she's confident and she's like totally holding her own with this guy. And I, I understand why he's like all crushing on her. She's great. I'm crushing on her. She's amazing. It's like, where has this wonderful character been? It's awesome. More Edith. She had to hit hit rock bottom and then decide to still get up for breakfast. And now it's all up. up, It's what it's all about. So what is this Twitter called at 1920s Googling? Yeah, yeah. Shout out to my friend Jen Kugler who said 1920s Googling the editor by calling information or whatever. Being like, can I just find out a bit about his personal life? Like, I don't know what private she has on retainer or whatever (laughs) who do you call for that i just love it it's so human nature to be nosy you know we've Mm -hmm. always been this way and now we have the internet so it's really easy yeah i mean you have facebook to tell you whether someone's in a relationship right right (laughs) well here's a weird question the her editor whose name i don't even know does he have a name call him cute editor So cute editor. Wouldn't cute editor know Mary's ex? Oh, right. Sir Richard. Richard. Sir Richard. Wouldn't he know Sir Richard from the publishing world? And wouldn't he be much more sort of aware of all the shenanigans in that family? Well, I mean, Sir Richard's not a very friendly guy. And Sir Richard may be higher up on the totem pole. So Mm -hmm. maybe he knows him, but they don't speak. Okay. Especially about, you know, bad, failed engagements. Well, I'm glad for Edith. I think she needs to stop wearing those rose-colored gowns because they look cheap. I mean, obviously, orange is her power color. Orange is her power color, yes. I think horses are her spirit animals. Yeah? Yeah. And then, of course, the new character no one cares about. (laughs) Rose. Rose. I don't mind Rose as much as you guys do. Rose is like, Tom and Lorenzo called Rose cousin Oliver. Oh, geez. Jeez. <laughs> but jazz. We need a character to get into jazz, guys. <laughs> we saw our first black person on Downton Abbey. Come on. That's right. It's a big it's deal. True. It's a big deal. 
I know, and it's just kind of bad because I feel like the one character I most like is Rose. That's depressing. Her entrance was rather abrupt, but so are a lot of things on Down Abbey. And I I found that sequence. I mean, Rosamond having to go into a jazz club. Come on, that was- yeah, it was pretty great. And you know what? Let's be honest. We need some new blood on the show. I mean, a lot of these storylines are kind of you know at their end you know as much as it's great to have ethel back she's kind of a drag so we could use you know a lighter storyline and a younger person are we really gonna see ethel anymore after this episode? Oh, i hope not <laughs> i'm sure right. she'll show up on game of thrones like the other the other maid that left <laughs> all the she'll be a wildling <laughs> They all become wildlings in the end. All, you leave you leave as a maid on Downton Abbey, you become a wildling. It's just how it goes. Oh, my God. What if you die? Can, I would love it if Sybil showed up on Game of Thrones. Oh. I would, <laughs> that would be great. That would be such a great mashup. It's oh. just like all these Downton Abbey characters show up on Game of Thrones. Yes. She should totally be one of those princesses, the Sand Snakes. Yeah. I think she should be one of those. And she could be really, like, hot and evil and slutty. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's my vote. Um, I think I think the great thing about Rose is she's so young. And you, you don't, like, the moment that Matthew and Edith walk into that jazz club, you realize how middle-aged they are. And it's hard to remember because, you know, the actors now look much younger than the actual characters they should be playing because so much time has passed in TV time. So, right. like, it's hard, like, I need to remember consciously that Edith is, like, 30 by now, you know? No. You think yeah. she's 30? I don't sure. think she's 30. No. How old do you think she was supposed to be in 1912? Maybe 17, 18. What? No. She no, I think she was, like, 20, and I think she's 28 now. How old are you when you come out? I don't know. I think you're, like, in your teens. Because Sybil had her coming out in season one. I don't think she's 30 yet. Well, and then, you know, Mary going to London for her mysterious lady surgery. I don't know. What happened? It's hard to care. I don't know. Well, I want to know what it is. I want to know what her lady surgery was. I want to know where there's only one doctor in London and they both went to the same one. I just want to know if he was dressed for dinner when he examined her. (laughs) Right. You know they're not going to see doctor malpractice. Whatever. Sorry, Sir Malpractice. Sir Philip Malpractice. Well, I did did predict that Mary had something going on down there that wasn't quite right, I guess. Yeah. But I'm not not clear. Like, my guess was fibroids, but I guess it's been pointed out that that would have been too serious for a simple little operation on Harley Street. Yeah, I don't know that much about what would be a simple surgery i mean everything sounds pretty serious when talking about the uterus so it seems to be all ship shape now and they can talk about you know Ugh. their reproductive health over luncheon it just creeps oh. me out every time they talk about sex <laughs> <laughs> well once again this is just a really boring ending to something that's been built so built up you know they've mentioned right. it in five or six different episodes we've made fun of it you know and all of a sudden it's just like over tea it's done you know well I had a bit of a snip so it's it's all good well somebody somebody suggested that she had her hymen fixed but they wouldn't have been 
you know, they wouldn't have been going at it for this long if she had an imperforate hymen. So that's not right. it. I don't know. I feel like this was just the writers giving up. Like, I don't, it's, a, it was such a weird conclusion to all the mystery to me. Yeah. Not a very interesting end. So let's just get to the baby making, you know? Yeah. So, you know, and the Christmas special always jumps a huge amount of time. So I don't know how long it'll be when the Christmas special begins. Well, they have in the previews, they mentioned that Lady Mary is pregnant. Well, that's exciting. It would be so terrified if I was her having giving birth after the simple situation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we don't want another baby dying. Oh, no, wait, that baby didn't die. <gasps> okay. Hopefully this baby won't die. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I'm just like free associating here. <laughs> Going through my list of tragedy. Possibly. I mean, the only dead be baby is because of the soap. That's the only dead oh, baby. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. There's has there been just an uneventful pregnancy so far in the show? I mean, well, there's been a few, but they've all given birth. Like Ethel. Well, and all those downstairs horn dogs, they all want to get to <laughs> oh, the baby making. <laughs> the downstairs horn dogs, which is written in bold in our agenda here. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Maybe one of them is going to end up in an asshole type situation. Although none none of them seem to like the right person. They've got like a quadrangle thing going on right. or whatever. As Mrs. Livers. Mrs. Patmore said, you're all in love with the wrong people. Oh, mm-hmm. Patmore, so wise. I don't care about Alfred and I don't care about Ivy. And, you know, it took me three seasons to give a shit about Bates and Anna. And that's just because the the, the love letters. I don't know. That got to me, but you know, it's going to take music a in the background finally. Um, yeah. And it just bothers me because I feel like they, they planted a seed for something really interesting with Daisy having to choose between the house and inheriting the farm. And it's just being ignored in favor of her snipping about Alfred flirting with Ivy and how she prefers Jimmy and blah, blah, blah. You know, this is one of the first really interesting things they've given to Daisy's character and they've done nothing with it. I, I've been upset about that as well, especially like she's, you know, a servant who has a choice to be an entrepreneur, basically, and to progress to the middle class. That's really interesting. And she's a woman and she doesn't have to do it through marrying. You know, I think it's so cool. And I don't know why it's been dropped. Right. It's been dropped in favor of, of Alfred and Ivy going to the movies. I mean, basically that... That part of the episode and the part where they painted the cottage, we're like, oh, I'm going to go get a snack. <laughs> well, what do you think about this whole Branson running the estate thing? I like that. I like that yeah. whole thing. I think that's great, actually. It makes sense. It doesn't really make sense. <laughs> I, don't I mean, know. I, I mean... think it does. That it's like, you know, he, he could be useful there. He seems to have some type of country knowledge, I, albeit very slim. But I don't know. I think he would be good in the role. I mean, I like him and Matthew together working on their young man schemes or whatever, but I mean, it's a, it's a pretty convoluted idea, I feel like, to keep him around. So? I mean, yeah, to make him the, I don't even know what the job specifically is, but like, there's no way he's qualified. <laughs> there's just no way. Hey, they spent a whole five seconds setting up his backstory as the grandson <laughs> of a farmer. Right. I'm sorry, my grandfather was a welder. I don't know how to weld. I mean, come on. That's because you're a girl, and those skills don't pass down. But if you're a man, they do. So. Oh, okay. I forgot. Yeah. That's all right. 
Now, um, I just I, like the line that we can all call him Branson again. It <laughs> was a great God. line. That is I was like, oh, thank you. That's what I'm feeling. I've never called him Tom. Can we just call him Branson again? Now, does has his status gone down or something? Or or now that he has an actual job, is he better situated? I don't know. I think it's just that they want to convince him to stay, you know, and his brother ordering the beer, oh, <laughs> you know, wants him to go work in the garage. Rough diamond. We live in an apartment over the garage. He's going to be living in the big house. With baby Sibby slash Pat. Yeah. Oh, my God. I can't they believe they're calling her Sibby. Yeah, I can't they believe her it. Sibby. That was great. Oh, my God. I cannot believe you're right about that. I'm shocked. It's a horrible name. Sibby. Oh, not that bad. I just wish oh they had listened to our show last week and started calling her Pat. I mean, come on. I look, I would even call name a dog Sibby. I mean, that's a really weird name, and it sounds like Sippy Cup. Speaking of weird names, is it weird that uh, Tom Branson called himself an Irish Mick? <laughs> I don't know what that means. It's a derogatory term for an Irish person. Maybe it wasn't that derogatory back then or something? Or maybe... maybe it's like calling yourself a bastard or something. Like, you know, you can say it in jest to make a joke about yourself, like a self-deprecating joke. If you're know. Irish, please write in and tell us whether that line offended you. Yeah, right. We want to know. I'm yeah. on the Urban Dictionary now. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> Another excellent source. Oh, okay. And then Branson has his moment playing cricket. Everyone has a little moment playing cricket. <laughs> I just really like the costumes in that scene. And I did read something interesting that a guy tweeted that um, they none of the actors were wearing undergarments because during that time period, you didn't wear undergarments underneath your cricket uniform. So Why, why with these weird traditions? Like, who cares if you're wearing undergarments? Seems dangerous. I just, Mary Wait. was wearing a hat with cutouts, like a sun hat with cutouts that I'm obsessed with. Like, I really, really want a hat like that now. But it kind of defeats the function, doesn't it? A sun hat with cutouts. It's like, well, the no, but it was so pretty. Like, it's true. It was it very looked... pretty, and they had those tents. So, yeah, I mean, she's gonna stay with her pale ivory skin no matter what. So, what are you finding? finding? I'm, I, I'm finding some interesting things. I'm not sure about the Urban Dictionary and how reliable <laughs> it is, but this got um 1190 thumbs ups. So, oh, the currency of the internet. <laughs> Great. So a derogatory word for Irish people, something it comes from, Mick comes from the common MC, Mick Sorley, McNeil, McFlanagan. Others believe it's related to the sound of a drunken hiccup. Uh, also, first one sounds more likely. Mick is the word that spick came from, as in Spanish Mick. Oh, oh. Huh. you learned something new. Well, it's just Urban Dictionary, but yeah, it's sort of fascinating. Next week is the final episode, what we like to call the Christmas episode, even though I don't think this one is taking place at Christmas. Um, what do, what it, do airs at, it airs on Christmas in the UK. That's why it's called that. Oh, that's why it's called the Christmas episode. Yeah. They want families to sit down and watch it together at Christmas, which I think is really adorable. All right. So how do we think it's going to end? I don't know. It's weird because I feel like a lot of stuff is already wrapped up. You know, everybody's in a pretty good spot, so they could throw a lot of stuff at us. I mean, like you said, it seems like 
Mary's going to be pregnant. I look forward to seeing that because I think she'll be a very sort of snarky, like, don't dote on me kind of pregnant lady, which is my favorite kind of pregnant lady. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, I'm glad we'll have Rachel back to discuss that because I bet she'll have some comments. <laughs> right. Our resident pregnant woman. I mean, um, I I don't think Edith is going to give up on this editor. I mean, they actually have a real connection. So I don't think it's over. I think something else is going to go on. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, we already know from past dalliances that she'll overcome certain obstacles. And I'm sure she's trying to, like, have her next romance be on the street and narrow after all this bad luck. But I just don't think that's in the cards for poor Edith. So we'll see. Right. I mean, I, I like this guy. I feel for his conundrum, you know, this dilemma that he's in. Hey, right. I know. Why doesn't someone set fire to the house? <laughs> oh, my God. That's a great idea. Set fire then, to the loony bin? And he can go blind and they'll live happily ever after. You know, right. what would be super interesting, actually, is if Edith paid a visit to the mental institution <laughs> and we got to see, like, some 1920s style quote unquote medicine for uh wow. lives. That would be intense. Yeah. That might be a little much for everybody gathering around the fire with Granny to watch Downton Abbey at Christmas, but oh. I would be into it. Well, I hate to bring this one thing up, but there has been a great deal of internet chatter about Dan Stevens and his oh. leave the show. Oh, I know. But they might recast him. That's true. I guess, I guess but... we don't really do that outside of like the 80s and 90s. I feel like shows used to do that, but now people get so invested in the oh, actor. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, NBC was just talking about recasting Christina Applegate on Up All Night, which is another weird, complete pop oh, culture. Oh, right. Now. Why are Why are they going to do that? Because she quit. Um, Maybe he'll be disfigured and he'll come back with a different face because he's had extensive plastic surgery. Oh my god, it's like yes. Patrick and Face Off combined. <laughs> oh, exactly. that's pretty cool. Exactly. I mean, if he doesn't want to be on the show all the time, I feel like they could come up with something like maybe there's a business opportunity in America and Mary says, right. Go, you know, this could be great for our family's legacy or something like that. And then he just does like a guest spot here and there, you know. I don't know. I don't think that it needs to be the most dire of circumstances. I don't think they need to like break up or kill him off or something just because the dude doesn't want to be there all the time. Right. I think they can find a way. He's too important to the show. I just think they'll find a way. He's really, I mean, the central, the relationship between Matthew and Mary is the central relationship and narrative arc of the show. I'm just really yeah. happy that the Dowager will be here for the next season. Cause Isn't I was that great? It's that. great news. I don't know. What do we think is going to be um, Isabel's big cause next year? She has a new one each year. <laughs> You're right. I mean, I hope that, like, here's my ultimate fantasy is that Rose starts talking to her about jazz music and Isabel gets, like, really into, like, the plight of inequality and the races or something like that. That would be great. Oh, that would be good. Maybe That would be really interesting. Guys, what if Edith, like, goes to literary salons? What if she becomes, like, a novelist? That would be super cool. That would yeah. be cool. And, you know, if the show, if the, if the using Down as a core of the story ceases to work, 
I would, there's definitely spinoffs I would be interested in watching. You know, we joke about it, but I would totally watch a show that was more central on adventures in the city from the characters that end up right. there. You, know? you mean like so? courtships in the city? Yeah, 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 yeah. This is more of a hope. I don't know if it's actually going to happen, but I would love for Alfred to really see Daisy for who she is and they move to the farm and they open a little B&B and he gets to cook. Oh. I would love that. It'd be so adorable. Love and I the... think she really deserves it. Yeah, the only really things that I've liked about the Alfred storyline have been those little moments about him wanting to be a cook and Mrs. Patmore explaining things to him. So. Right. When do you put in the parsley? Some of the best cooks are men. <laughs> so great. I don't know. It's going to be a good going to be a good episode the christmas special never disappoints it's always you know a lot of big things happen it always feels kind of uh like a bigger budget episode you know big things happen Mm -hmm. more costumes so i'm really looking forward to it i think this has been the best season so far i've been really impressed by the writing so i i know they'll end it well they're going up to some castle i love it give me an old-fashioned ball any day they're they're going up to dun dun eagle Oh, where Shrimpy lives. Oh, yeah. So th- there's like, there's a ball and there's shooting and there's Rose wearing an inappropriate dress and Mary's <laughs> pregnant and... Uh, that sounds great to me. We should have some champagne, yes. celebrate the end of a great season, and yep. watch a wonderful ball. I'm really excited. All right. Who's going to take us out? Thanks for listening. Please tune in next week for the final episode of this season of Down Gabby. Before then, you can find us on Facebook by searching Down Gabby, on Tumblr, Downton Gabby, and on Twitter at Downton Gabby. And I'm sure that we will be tweeting through the finale, so please join us for that. Oh, baby, won't you play me the jazz hot, maybe, and don't ever let it end. I tell your friend it's really something I can't sit still when there's that rhythm near me. Oh, so baby, the jazz hot. Maybe what's holding my soul together. Don't know whether it's more.